0: Welcome to Dead to Cinema. I'm Stephen X
1: and I'm Brian Gillis. Like most people, we love going to the
0: theater and catching latest releases. However, sadly, put a big dent in your wallet. Fortunately, living in the digital age makes the viewing possibilities endless from the comforts of home. Many of these films that you can see right from your couch were ashamed to say we miss, despite labeling ourselves cinephiles. So join us as one or both of us cross off a title from our list of shame. It can be an
1: all-time essential classic
0: or an underrated piece of cinema that's worth giving a shot. Hell. It might just be some trashy film we want the
1: other's opinion on. So sit tight and join us as we pay off our debts. One dollar. At a time.
0: Oh, my God. I think he's dead. We can't just leave him here. Oh, tell me, little Miss Prelaw, what's the charge for mad slaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the sorrow grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret.
1: Are you on drugs? No. Then what is wrong? I've had a rough year.
0: But not all secrets stay buried.
1: Somebody sent this to me.
0: Oh, my God. Someone knows. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What they thought would be a new beginning... Toast to us. ...is becoming a dead end. Somebody tried to kill you last night. We have to go to the police. If you want to be dead, he could have done it. And the mistake they made is coming back to haunt them. I don't think I ever would have thought of this movie um, for any reason to be on this show. Like this kind of just wandered onto my lap, and it's because let's just call this the year. Like this is the year where for every holiday there's some horror pick, and we're gonna just we're gonna dry this well out this year. I know it. Next year we might just do musicals or something. something. I don't know. Like, but yet at the same time, it's like I don't think I would ever have done this on this show with anyone except for you, Kevin Wilson. That and Dawson's Creek. Is Dawson's Beach. And yeah, you cannot dodge that here. So mm-hmm. this is really just a you and me conversation. A little bit. I mean, it is
1: perfect timing that this film came out in 97. Dawson's Creek started like 97, 98. Mm-hmm. And so there are those little coincidental things that Kevin Williams had put in both products. Just the the fact that, yeah, the beach here is called Dawson's Beach. Well, this, it is, isn't...
0: this is before Dawson's Creek, so it, I don't like, like, like right is at... it
1: supposed to be an easter egg, or was he developing that? Oh, I'm sure that the pilot was already filmed at that point. Like, the audience here, because this only came out probably, like, I don't know, like, seven months before Dawson's Creek aired on the WB. But yeah, the, the, the New England fishing town, where boats are central to the plot. North Carolina. Um, was, still. um, It's the East Coast, okay? It's one of the colonies. Which should be a bigger part in the 4th of July kind of setup. but that's really just there just for the sake of being there. It's like, oh look, there's some fireworks and it happened last year and there's a parade and there's a beauty pageant, but it really has nothing to do with the film. But in terms of Kevin Williamson films or projects, like this is on the lower side of the spectrum because it's
0: so typical. It's so not generic, but... Without being there, like, I mean, this is what I've heard, you know, th- that this was hated at the time, that basically mm-hmm. the marketing Not for this... the filmgoers. I mean, it made money, like, people went, but a, a lot of, of people just didn't like it, evidently. Because I guess they were hoping something, w- it was going to be something like Scream, like Scream, you know? This mm-hmm. was hyped up as, like, you know, from the creators of Scream, which, uh, is. which funny enough, hey, the Weinstein company saw that in the marketing, and they sued Sony. <laughs> and they won.
1: Well, it's okay, because the Weinsteins made the scary movie franchise, which is... Mostly inspired by, I know what you did last summer, and Scary Movie. I mean, Scream. So they still got their Kevin Williamson money. They didn't. It didn't matter. Maybe they used that money to uh, to give that to the Wayans brothers. They gave them <laughs> that, and they made. Because that's what I couldn't escape when watching this. I've maybe seen this movie once. I know I've seen. I still know what you did last summer like twice, maybe three times on cable when I was a kid. But I've seen that first Scary Movie so many fucking times. When I was watching this, in particular, Ryan Felipe's character, I was like, I I didn't know that they were parodying this film in particular. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's such a cash grab, like, it's all over the place. But it's a spot-on fucking mockery. It is amazing. And because I hadn't seen this in so long, I just didn't know. I was laughing out loud in the beginning, like, the opening third of this film. When they're setting up, like the the fisherman,
0: the hook man, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call him. that just basically the background story for this, yeah. because that's essentially what this movie is, as far as a mythology. That's what you get.
1: Which and it does have a good mythology, especially knowing that there's a sequel. The guy loses his hand at the end of this. Yeah. One, so he no, I, once that happened, I was
0: like, yeah, yeah, of course. Which, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I mean, n- not to spoil it, but that ending here, that Pretty final good. final ending. Fuck yes, that's a great note to end on. Uh,
1: that's how you start... Cause that's I, a
0: great jump scare to end on. Like, always, um, mm-hmm. you know, most of the best modern horror movies do this. You know, you always want to end on a jump scare. That way people can have fun walking out. Yeah. And this one fucking nailed it.
1: I want to say Freddie Prince Jr. and... Uh... And Jennifer Love huge tits show up again in the sequel, and then they're. I think most met of them with like, are back, yeah. Well, most everyone else died, but like yeah. you, you get like Tay Diggs, and I think you get like Gabrielle Union. Like you get a couple of black actors, and then like it's. I, I think it's kind of like a, um, like talking about deaths of cinema. It's kind of like a uh, Bay of Blood type film where they go to like a summer retreat. Type thing like a like a pool hall. No, I don't remember like exactly. It's more of a slasher. It's more of a slasher. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, because it's not like you know, this sort of is. It, it also isn't. I guess just not consistently like that. It's more. This is more of a it's suspenseful. Like, yeah, like, it's a thriller. Morality story. It's a thriller and slash yeah slash I mystery slash that- uh, what would you do scenario
1: the mystery isn't quite good enough like there's only a couple of false leads like two to be honest there's the sister and there's the Johnny Galecki character there there isn't like enough for you to really ponder even if they're like throwing lines around like oh Angela
0: Lansbury honestly eh. it's not like engaging as a mystery like it's a Mm -hmm. it's a good scenario like you know you definitely feel it when it happens in that moment with that setup but uh, yeah you know then I mean I'm not exactly enjoying this movie for the plot I'll put it that way (laughs) It, it's there's some I mean, there's some cool kills in there but i I think it's you know maybe just as a slice of 90s pop culture there's just something fun about watching this. There's this great subreddit
1: called Watch It for the Plot, which mm-hmm. is basically insinuating like there's gifs and pictures. It's like Mr. Skin. It's like it's worth watching it for a this, and this film has a lot of that. Even if you don't see it, just it's Jennifer Love Hewitt, man. She's at the peak of her her age and her body, and she's hanging out all over the place. Like I mm-hmm. I was doing commentary because she's very clearly the final girl. She's kind of set up that way, in yes. that she's the plain Jane to Sarah Michelle Gellers,
0: like. She's the conscience me, beauty you know, of conscience. the group which mm-hmm. is all that ends up being the final girl like or just in any uh horror movie scenario you know that mm-hmm. you rarely follow the idiot or the dick till the final end which should be a thing which would be I would love it. to see that actually that should it be an interesting be awesome. way to turn the genre on its head Cabin of the Woods does it a little bit or even just Evil
1: Dead like Ash Williams is the dick and he gets to fucking become the hero Man, that's why people like the Evil Dead franchise so much me included it just it's atypical. It's usually someone with a heart of gold, a Boy Scout, like a virginal, like mm. queen. Like you have some kind of moral compass. Well, and right, when are you talking about Ash, the first
0: one, though? Well, just well, it's it's especially a weird call call because one. Ash is it, He becomes you know, more of a dick along the way. Yeah,
1: but he still does a couple of fucked up things in the first film. But uh, scary movie, yeah. So all of the great Ryan Felipe, like over the top. Drunk moments in this film Where he's like That's my girlfriend Woo Like when he stands up in the car And he's dancing Like through the roof By the way All
0: his fucking fault too like, Oh for sure the, Yeah For sure like, No it's none of our fault No dude it's you Like you It's you, you're, it's you you're the you're whole drinking time. You were the one that caused this Like 15 year old
1: Scott Straight from the bottle like, I was watching I was like doing commentary With Ashley last night I was like That's a $10 swig right there <laughs> But the way that They just Oh, they they fl- You haven't seen the first scary movie, have you? No, no I've not seen one. That's or probably two. gonna be my Halloween pick for this this year of death cinema. Save it, yeah. Because like we'll we'll build all the way up to it, and then you'll see. I don't want to talk talk about it, but oh man, like you trust me, it's gonna be a good episode just for the fact of like oh my god, yeah. They, like they didn't even make a parody; they just pointed out how like n- accidentally comical. Because I would assume your screening was having a
0: ball during, yeah. like, the opening 30 minutes of this, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone was laughing in the right it's places, particularly at Ryan Felipe. Like, yeah. this was fun. You know, that. that's what kind of night this was. It's just, mm-hmm. um... I, I, I don't know. Uh, the guy introing it, for some reason, like, you know, I honestly... The only reason I, I saw this, because, hey, it's 4th of July, and also just knowing about this, it it was like a 90s piece of pop culture I've heard of, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, he kind of prefaced this, like, almost with shame. Like, you know, like, a lot of people would be like, why would the fuck would you program this? And... His response is, why the fuck would I not? And after watching this, I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, it's fun this was a awesome. movie. Yeah.
1: It's like, just the cast alone is kind of worth watching. Like, if only this had good music, it would be a really good 90s film. And the music is
0: on the weaker side. It doesn't have memorable music, but I got to it say, really like, it, like it, the it score isn't bad. Starts out, like, really at the beginning, like that first number, then that shot, you know, just the shot really the coast. sucks you in mm-hmm. and gets you into it and just gives you a feeling of the time and the place. And,. I was just getting ready you know like not only was that shot good but there were some credits here that surprised me that i knew nothing about like i saw it was produced by neil morris and i was like oh fuck yeah the fast and the furious guy like <laughs> I, I tend to like what he does oh john debney scored this that's an early one fuck this should sound pretty good and you know the score is actually pretty good but um, then the who's who of just
1: nine late 90s early 2000s teen actors freddie prince jr and his wife sarah michelle gellar you you have Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Felipe, uh, Johnny Galecki, like I said, Anne Hae, in like a really early role, mm-hmm. the sister whose name I still don't remember, but you've seen her in so many things. Like everyone here didn't go really on to do anything; their careers kind of shriveled up shortly
0: after this movie came out. Sarah Michelle Gellar did Buffy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, she did Buffy, but look at her now—it's like N- Jennifer yeah. Hewitt. Like, what happened? Freddie Prince Jr. was with Sarah Michelle Gellar in the two Scooby-Doo movies, but you know then what? even still, Sarah and then, like Michelle that one's Gellar even Southland Tales. Don't forget that. Oh, I, I can forget it because I haven't Horniness seen it yet. is not a crime. But if you look at that Scooby-Doo movie too, especially because Matthew <laughs> Lillard is in that as well. That's right. And then it's written by some guy that that started out in, in horror. You know, you had James, James Gunn, Gunn. yeah. Like, Seth Green, also. He's in Idle Hands. Like, everyone in, in that Seth
0: Green and Scooby-Doo? He, I
1: think... He, oh, he's in the second one. The only person who's not in horror is uh, Linda Cardellani. She's the only one that doesn't have some kind... of I think she's been in something since then, though. And it's kind of hard not to. I mean, it makes sense, and it's, like, coincidental that the second year of Dead to Cinema, we would start doing lots of horror picks when this is kind of, like, the the comeback of the genre the last couple of years now Mm -hmm. and it's funny because with this one in particular this era of 90's filmmaking there was also a real hot streak we're talking about Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and both of those got two or three or even sometimes four sequels and then you also have a parody coming out, which was a huge hit because these films were such a huge hit that necessitated having some kind of just jokey version of the films. Even if the Scary Movie franchise, the first two films anyway, still have like a little
0: bit of a crude factor to them. If you're laughing through it, it's still like enough. I and mean, this is really Kevin Williamson at the top of yeah. this game. You're someone mm-hmm. whose career I really don't know anything about. It's just I know Scream. Um, well, I, I now know month. this. I know that there's Dawson's Creek. Like there's a ton yeah. of stuff. I know, but like the vampire diaries, the following. Yeah. But I mean like, you know, this guy's in his late twenties, early thirties at this point, And that is mm-hmm. his peak. Like that, that is an achievement. Lucky. Yeah. yeah oh, don't gonna... forget the faculty.
1: No, the faculty. Yeah. He's just one of those lucky screenwriters that the industry was looking for a voice like his at the time that he was writing and everything that, well, not everything, but most of what he pushed out was put on the screen. And it's funny because I was just like doing quick research. Vampire Diaries has an episode called "I Know What You Did Last Summer." That's kind of cute. There's an episode of Dawson's Creek. I think it's from the first season, the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. where there's a killer on the loose, which is pretty reminiscent of of this killer. And How I would you not play with that, especially when this has Dawson's speech, right? Like even if that was like a year and a half, almost two years after this came out, I guess it would be a year. Like exactly a year, mm. and Kevin Williamson's name wasn't really attached to Dawson's Creek at like it is on even. It's not really attached to this film like it is in retrospect, especially in film yeah. circles. But they didn't sell it
0: oh with Kevin Williamson. Well, I mean, like, this is now referred to as the Dawson's Creek horror film, you know, which
1: like I I,
0: I vaguely see that because I've seen commercial spots for Dawson's Creek. I can say it's that only because you know, the I town recognize. Yeah, I I recognize the theme. Whenever I saw that, but like there
1: isn't a love triangle here. There isn't a sense of uh, student body or like uh, adolescence. Like growing up isn't a part of this film. Like it isn't lacking what makes like true uh,
0: slashers work. Where it's like characterization is not really part of this film. Like. (laughs) It's weird, right? It, uh, like, again, it's it's like yeah, there, there's really no memorable characters. They're all stock. Uh, the mythology is not that interesting. Uh, it's th- not the bad. The mystery bro. is not that interesting. The scenario is good, but then it's just, it's also really entertaining, you know? It's like when you
1: get that campfire on the beach where they're all sharing their version of the story Mm -hmm. and they're going back and forth and, like, tipping over each other's toes. Mm -hmm. And then that's something that happens later when you have the cop right before he gets killed and he's like, oh, I've heard this story before. I thought he came out of an insane asylum. And, like, just the idea that this film is loosely adapted from an urban legend Mm -hmm. and then throughout the course of the film they create one you know like this escaped convict or whatever with the hook hand wasn't a real thing it was fantasy but by the end of the film it's now a thing like that's that's a really cool concept and i don't know if you've seen the movie we're talking about during my screening last night or our screening um urban legends that came like 99 i have not No, so same era filmmaking and the concept there is that this serial killer is killing people in ways that urban legends have said people would die Mm -hmm. and like one of the bigger ones is uh, there's like this myth that you know Mikey the kid that uh, sold life cereal Mikey likes it like he doesn't like anything but he likes life and there was this urban legend that he died by mixing like Coca-Cola and pop rocks and his like stomach exploded or something like that and so they recreate that urban legend in the film using what is it? I think it's uh, coolant and pop rocks or something stupid, and, and like they like shove a funnel down someone's throat. Oh my god, it's awesome. Uh, Robert England's also in that as like a just a, like a side character which is fun cuz he's not in much outside of mm-hmm. the Friday the 13th or not, I mean the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So that's like one of those fun little things. There's also was it Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah, he's in that. He plays like a radio uh like a college radio DJ. Um but that yeah, that's one of those just fun era like not exactly teen movies, but teen horror, which doesn't even exist now. Like there was just this interesting crossover cuz I've talked about it on the show before where you have The teen movies, like the teen movies really stopped being a true, true thing at the end of the 90s, the early 2000s. That's when they kind of died off in the same way that, you know, Scary Movie cemented that the horror films of this era were important. So did not another teen movie, which was the first parody in that series outside of Scary Movie made. Um, I, I love that this is probably just because it's Kevin Williamson and all of his material is about teenagers doing things that they shouldn't be doing. That. This is more a morality tale. Like this is something, even this, especially so, if it's adapted from uh, the Lois Duncan novel, or like loosely adapted, yeah. which is much more about the dangers of like drunk driving and and doing stupid stuff as a teenager. Like you have and that line. Yeah, nobody
0: dies in that novel either. So, oh uh, no, I, I, like I don't think it's supposed to be a slasher at all. Hmm. Like this, well, this is a young adult n- novel from the seventies. You know, it, it's not. Um, it's not like that.
1: You have that line here, though, on the on the boat, which is awesome. When uh, right after Freddie Prince Jr. gets like knocked the fuck out, and the the fisherman dude, the the, the father goes, uh, "What's he do? He's like, aren't you supposed to be out drinking and driving and having yeah. fun and, and killing people?" Over people? Yeah. <laughs> Next time, make sure they're dead. (laughs) And then at the end of this film, they didn't make sure he was dead either. Oh, he fell off the boat. He's dead. Uh, Like, it's just, I don't know. This is like, this film's not quite campy, but it's right on the cusp of being so. Like, if this had the fun music, if this had, like, more interesting setups, if there was... Like a party they went to or something. Well,
0: there are really fun set pieces here, though. Like especially, yeah, like the, in the third act. Yeah, like just uh, the the one with Sarah Michelle Geller, Like it mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, that one I was thinking attention groceries. the whole time. But yeah, the freaking boat that set piece. Yeah. Oh, the that boat was awesome. huge. That was yeah. good.
1: No, yeah, the final like the, the the final action set piece here is great. But it's just weird that you have this group of four teenagers who are supposed to, like, be friends, and they've maybe fallen apart because of the, the year since the traumatic thing that they experienced. Mm-hmm. But it's really just, just the Jennifer Love Hewitt story. She's the one that follows the lead. She's the one that's on the case. She's the one using the Internet and going – to his sister's house and not like rekindling her romance like Freddie Prince Jr. is barely even in the fucking movie maybe it's because he was filming she's all that I don't know mm-hmm. but like he's barely in this thing he shows up in the beginning with everyone else he's in one scene in the middle and then he shows up again at the end to save the day like but he's not in in it in the way that Ryan Felipe is or Sarah Michelle Gellar is where they're there like almost every scene they have some like kind of action set piece like how easy would it have been if when she was seeing the sister, when she was seeing Anne Heche, if right in that moment, if Freddie Prince Jr. was leaving right before she pulled up or something like that, and they could have like a passing glimpse, because it's like almost Scream esque, where you're led to believe that he's the killer for like a minute, okay, mm-hmm. and then you just go, no, that's not possible because he's not in the movie enough. It's a false lead. Like I, I was so forgetful of this film that I thought Johnny Galecki was going to be the killer, just because he has that. Great setup, but then he's the first person that dies, yeah. and he he has the best death. Also, the way that fucking hook goes through the <laughs> bottom of his chin and he gets dragged across that table. I mean, is that's awesome. really the,
0: that's the first one or the first slasher kind of death. That was yeah. the one where I was like, oh, so this this is actually a slasher movie. But then it's the only one pacing really wise. Seen. It never really <laughs> picks up from there. Then it's just like, all right, then they're all saved from the end. But yeah, there's not like but a yeah, body no, that count was also, awesome. though. Like, the body counts like what, like maybe six? I think so, but um, it's not. If you include the one of the well. I mean, we can no, count. No, technically, the, well...
1: You got Johnny Galecki. You got Chairman Michelle Geller and Ryan Felipe. You got the cop. You got the yeah. sister. So that's, what, five? And then you could also argue, like, well, the, the boyfriend. The boyfriend, or The inciting incident, the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but still not that much. And you only see... You only really see, like, half the kills. So it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... It's... it's I don't know. It's not exactly a slasher movie. It's got slasher the, moments, I, I I'm pretty sure the sequel is a slasher, though, as far yeah. as I can recall. Yeah. Especially like just the way it ends. Like you have like a killer killer now. Cause I, I think the beauty of this film is that the fisherman isn't wearing a costume. He's wearing just like his actual garb. He doesn't have a mask. He's just wearing a hat that conceals his face. Ooh. And for about half the film you can see totally what he looks like. It's not hidden. It's not using cameras or weird angles to like kind of askew what he is you know that he's an actual fisherman, you know he has this hook, and you don't know why he's doing this to these kids, but you're aware that it's happening. Like, it's not a mystery like that. Um, Like, it has more going on for it, but it's, at the end of the day, it's just, like, this weird, fun Kevin Williamson, like, side project. Like, it's not... It's not in his must-watch stuff, mm-hmm. but it is must-watch because it's
0: Kevin Williams. I know you love the faculty, but I'd say it's... Oh, I love the faculty. Yeah, this is probably there like along with that for me, where it's it's just as well, fun.
1: I think the difference is that Robert Rodriguez brought a lot of energy to that. I mean, yeah. for one thing it takes place in Texas, which, you know, just filmmaker little touch right there Mm -hmm. the music like that one has good music in it right from the opening credits Um, like it just kicks into full gear same difference though with the cast like great cast but yeah that one that one's a high school movie in the same way that like nightmare on elm street is a is a high school movie Mm -hmm. or scream you know like everything is important like the classroom being chased down the hallways like who's that guy with the jander bucket um and that one's like more isolated incident because it's like Probably in terms of slasher films, because it's not exactly a slasher film. It's a pod person film that has like the highest stakes of most like comparatively to most horror films, like, even more than some like Alien or Predator, like high, high, high for a horror film. And, I, you know, this isn't that this this is just like this little tiny document like this is probably the movie that made Dawson's Creek happen. I'm sure he already had the treatment. He probably had, like, a couple of scripts done. Maybe already filmed the pilot, like I said. And it was like, we're going to make this show in the similar town. It's going to be about these kids and the stupid stuff they do. Is Dawson's Creek supposed to be in the East Coast or is it West Coast? It's like Cape Cod. Like, in terms of just a visual standpoint, it looks exactly like this film does. Mm. Makes me want to rewatch Dawson's Creek, though. I can tell you that, especially the Halloween episode. But more so scary movie. Well, you got the set you need for it. I guess so, yeah. I I can't buy this one silver it's not, dollar.
0: It, it's like barely a silver dollar. It's like it's there, right on the edge for me. Like it was fun, you know. It, it's like,
1: a fun movie, and maybe I, if
0: I like spend I was, more time divorced from it, then I'll probably jump in a dime a dozen. But hey, for now, like th- this was a good time, you know. It's, it's slightly above dime a dozen. It's yeah, that's where it's weird. Um, I mean, just as a product of its time, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, I, I don't know. It's like it's not great. It's just I enjoyed watching it the makeup of it
1: yeah so the, the cast and the clothes and the town and and where this fits in his career because it's still at the beginning of it um makes it really interesting and just where these people went on like i would assume that sarah michelle geller and Freddie prince jr met on the set of this film and then their pair, chemistry was so good even though they're really sharing these scenes together that you know they fell in love and got married and then got paired as you know daphne mm-hmm. and fred <laughs> among other things um It's just, it's an interesting little thing, but I said, scary movie. When you see that, you're going to understand. Like, this film is all right. The way that they are able to take the scenario in this film and flip them to make it for, like, oh my God, like jokes of the century, must watch. Maybe after the fact. I don't know. Like, it's going to make. Like, I wasn't laughing necessarily because this was funny. I was laughing because I realized, because I've seen that first scary movie so many times, like I said, and I've only seen this maybe once, twice now, that, that like, the jokes weren't fabricated. Like, it was funny. It's still also, funny. it is
0: legitimately funny. Come on, Ryan Felipe just hulking out, I guess. But it's j- supposed to be meltdowns. serious.
1: That's what's hilarious. Like, he's supposed to be this, like, hot dude with the nice bod, football career, alcoholic, like yeah that's my girlfriend like you're I don't think you're supposed to laugh laugh in the way that I was like my stomach hurts I was just, chuckling can so I, hard
0: I still cannot get past this so he's about to be killed by the call him the hook handed man for the sake of it uh-huh. and then he just lets him go and then he's yeah, just in weird. the hospital complaining about it yeah it's pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're about to get a kill, and it's like, nope, he's not a slasher yet. I, I, I don't know, kind of a blessing that we get more of him, though, to laugh at. Thanks for listening. We hope it's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to more by checking out the Dollar Review show, where we cover theatrical and streaming releases, as well as give our two cents on anything we sought out on our own, whether that be TV, music, etc.
1: You can find all of our content at DollarReviews.net. Follow us
0: on Twitter or like us on Facebook at Dollar Reviews. And we're also on Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, just about anywhere on the internet with hours of content available to you for free. But for those of you that feel that the show is worth your dollar, you can send us a donation at patreon.com slash Reviews. Contributions not only earn our undying love, but they also make it possible for us to improve our recording equipment and to give you the highest quality episodes possible. But more importantly, they'd be helping us acquire the content to review. You know, trips to the multiplex are expensive, and the more donations we receive, the more films we can review for your listening pleasure.
1: If you listen somewhere we're currently not available, you'd like to introduce some talking points, send a death to Cinema request, Or if you just want to laugh at us, you can do so by reaching out to us on social media or send an email to brian at dollarreviews.net. Or you can email me as well, steve
0: at dollarreviews.net.
1: You can follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Gillis, that's B-R-Y-O-N-G-I-L-L-I-S, and now you know how to spell the email too. And also under the same name on the love site, Letterboxd, which acts as my film diary, where I rate films I'm watching, write the occasional review,
0: and even sometimes compile lists. You can also find me on Twitter at S underscore NTX, and also follow my film diary at Letterbox under the same name, where I log everything I watch, and sometimes write brief reviews.
1: That's it for this week. Until next time, keep the change.